It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist, and I'm the host of today's show. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We're a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Each week, we bring you information on how eating real food in balance can help you to heal your body. So today, we have a really great topic. This topic has not been addressed much on past shows. And our topic today is, what can I eat post-gallbladder surgery? You know, we've had a lot of requests for this show. And gallbladder removal, it's one of the most common surgeries that's being performed in our country right now. 750,000 people are thought to be having gallbladder surgery each year in the United States. Are you confused what to eat If you've had your gallbladder out, are you wondering, do I have to stop eating butter? Can I still use mayonnaise? Should I get all of the fat out of my diet and eat fat-free? We're going to answer all of these questions today and more. First, I'd like to introduce Joanne Rideout. Joanne is a licensed and registered dietitian. She sees clients at the Wyzetta and Maple Grove offices. She's going to help today to dispel some of the common myths that people have about post-gallbladder surgery. Yes, thank you. Good morning. I am excited to share information about this important topic. And as Kara said, it's one of the most common surgeries being performed in our country. I've even heard of cases where it's kind of an exploratory thing. They're not even sure whether it needs to come out, which is really sad. Um, so do you have a family member, friend, or coworker who has had gallbladder surgery? Be sure to tell them about this show so they can catch the replay tomorrow night, Sunday night at 6 p.m., or anytime on our website at weightandwellness.com or even on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And we have an app yes. for your phone as That's well great. for Dishing Up Nutrition. We also have Shelby Hummel in the studio with us today. Shelby is a licensed nutritionist. And she sees clients one-on-one at our Wyzetta office. It's fun to be back with you here, Shelby. Thank you. Great (laughs) to be here with both of you. Good morning to our listeners. We actually have a lot of clients who have had their gallbladder removed. And when working with clients, I'm finding many are complaining of digestive problems after their surgery. Right. So today's show is going to be so helpful, helpful for those people, especially if they're experiencing, you know, those uncomfortable symptoms Mm -hmm. after their surgery. Right. Okay, so gals, this is a little off topic, but have you seen commercials where the message frequently is, I can eat whatever I want and still lose Mm -hmm. weight? You've seen these commercials? Absolutely. They've been on a lot lately. For the listeners, if you've seen these commercials, do you believe that? I can eat whatever I want and still lose weight. Do you think that you can eat anything you want and still lose weight? Well, and really, Cara, as nutritionists, we... We're working with clients every day who want to lose weight, maybe stop aches and pains, and improve their health overall. But we know that message of you can eat whatever you want can be really detrimental. So, Joanne, what comes to mind when you hear this? Right. I I agree. Very detrimental. And I always think about clients who might have an issue with binge eating 
or compulsively eating or clients who are addicted to certain foods. Mm -hmm. If they believe they can eat whatever they want and lose weight, they won't be able to get those cravings under control and they still would continue to be binge eating. Some foods really are not safe for certain people. So what if you were to eat a candy bar for breakfast? How (laughs) would that set you up for weight loss? Good point. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that concerns me about the message is that not all foods are going to be okay for someone if they have food sensitivities. I mean, I'm someone that has Mm -hmm. a food sensitivity. (laughs) I have several clients who are in the process of losing weight. They really have to be careful to avoid certain things like gluten or dairy, or they're going to be very sick. Exactly. And it's interesting, Cara, because some of those clients will come in with kind of that sneaking suspicion that cheese or bread doesn't really sit right with them. Mm hmm. But they don't really accept it until we sit down and we put together (laughs) that individualized plan for them. That's going to optimize their health and, you know, really jumpstart their metabolism. So you're right. It's really not as easy as saying, you know, you can eat whatever you want Mm -hmm. and still lose weight. I agree. You know, I've had many clients, even just a couple this week that that said the same thing. I've had the sneaking suspicion about dairy or or something. Mm -hmm. And when you kind of sit down with them, they're like, oh, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So we look closely at a client's symptoms and medications before we recommend an eating plan. But now it's time to move on to our topic today of what to eat after gallbladder surgery. So for those of you that don't know much about gallbladder issues, almost 2 million people go to the hospital each year because of gallbladder complications. Isn't that surprising? That's a lot. What do you all think is causing this? Usually it's because of gallstones. Too many gallstones and also stones that have gotten too big can cause a very painful, it's called a gallbladder attack. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And people describe that pain and pressure as being like really bad indigestion. And I actually had a gal come up to me at a health fair this week and she said, it kind of feels like you're having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. I I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's common for doctors to recommend surgery as kind of that that only option or that only solution for people. And what we often hear from clients is that their body doesn't even need a gallbladder and that their doctors told them that having their gallbladder removed won't cause any symptoms. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. So, Shelby, you said a lot of people post-surgery experience digestive problems. What kind Mm -hmm. of complaints are you hearing specifically? Oh, oftentimes people are nauseous or, you know, maybe they have that indigestion but worse than even before the surgery. And sometimes they're, you know, the things we don't really want to talk about with family and friends, diarrhea, gas and bloating. So but not everyone has digestive problems after surgery. So if you're listening and you're someone who has to run to the bathroom every time you eat, we'll help you figure out what foods are causing those issues. Cara, what are some of those foods that you hear about being problematic for people with gallbladder problems? What I hear from people is they have problems when they eat. And these are the terms that we hear in our office. Right. Fatty foods, rich meals or fried foods. Definitely. So ask yourself (laughs) if are these the foods that give you indigestion, diarrhea, pain, gas and bloating? The fatty foods, rich meals, and fried foods. We're going to kind of touch on those. Ooh, let's let's tackle fried foods first. Okay. Right. So what do you think about when you hear fried foods? I picture the state fair because yep. 
I want it to be warm and sunny and middle of or end of August. But maybe you picture a fast food joint. You know, maybe your fried foods are French fries or cheese curds, onion rings, or even fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the oils they use in those fried foods are the damaged fats, such as trans fats and refined oils. These are really bad fats. They're very hard to digest and break down. So how do you feel when you eat these foods? They're hard for everyone to digest, even with a gallbladder. But after gallbladder surgery, those fried foods will cause even more problems because the refined and processed oils can't be broken down by the body. That's right. You know, it's not all fats that need to be avoided. This exactly. is going to be the big topic today. <laughs> yes. Um, but definitely the oils and fried foods need to be avoided. The trans fats. Also, you know, if you see on a label, soybean oil, corn mm-hmm. oil, mm-hmm. sunflower oil, canola, right. cottonseed, or any just kind of vegetable oil yeah. should be avoided. Right. And so I often hear of clients talking about rich foods. And you mentioned that earlier. So, for example, I always think about things like fettuccine alfredo, macaroni and cheese, maybe some kind of a cream soup. Many of our clients with no gallbladder tell us they can no longer eat rich foods. So what foods do you think about when someone says, this is a rich meal? You know, I shared with you earlier that Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. three aunts who have told me that, you know, they've had their gallbladders removed. And I kind of hear them talking about what the rich foods are that are causing them problems. It's usually something that has cheese in it <laughs> right? or maybe a cream base. So examples might be pizza, grilled cheese, lasagna. It could be that, you know, they went to a restaurant, got a bowl of a cream-based soup, mm-hmm. or maybe a chicken Alfredo. Mm-hmm. Without a gallbladder, most people are going to be just running to the bathroom After a meal like that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And Cara, I actually have one of your aunts in my Nutrition for Weight Loss class. (laughs) So we were talking about gallbladder health, and that was definitely one of the things she brought up was those rich foods. Definitely don't agree with her. So when I look at these foods, and one of the big pieces of that is cheese or milk, kind of Mm -hmm. that creamy richness. That's an important ingredient that we start to look at. So dairy products are much harder to digest when that gallbladder is taken out. And it's common for people to suffer from chronic diarrhea after eating foods with cheese or even drinking Mm -hmm. milk. So have you ever had problems after eating yogurt, cottage cheese, and ice cream? Think about that, listeners. These foods may also trigger digestive complaints. Mm -hmm. Yep. And some of the foods, for example, pizza, may create problems for multiple reasons. So pizza's got a lot of cheese, but it's not just the cheese. The pizza has those bad fats as well and is also high in sugar. So again, think about how you feel after eating pizza. Does it send you to the bathroom quickly? We're going to talk more later in the show about how high sugar foods affect digestion And I see that it's time for a break. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you today by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are talking about what can I eat after gallbladder surgery. So if you or a family member have experienced gallstones or have had gallbladder surgery, we would love to answer your nutrition questions. You can call us this morning in the studio at 651-641-1071. Maybe you've started 
to notice that you have indigestion, gas, or bloating after you eat. Do you have other digestion digestive complaints? If so, we can help you. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or in Oregon or Michigan or Utah, I talked to a woman in Utah this week, or even Australia, did you know that we offer classes online at weightandwellness.com? We offer our online gut reaction class to help restore digestion with real food nutrition. Go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and click on the Classes tab to start feeling better today. And stay tuned. After break, Shelby will be sharing another way to get to the root cause of your digestive issues. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Are you experiencing digestive issues like gas or bloating? You know, maybe diarrhea or even nausea? If you need help getting to the root cause of those tummy troubles, I would encourage you to make an appointment with a nutritionist at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Are you still confused about what to eat after your gallbladder surgery? Our nutritionist can help you choose real foods. We sit down, we help you create a personalized eating plan to help you with weight loss, better digestion, improved moods, and even decreased joint pain. So give our call, give our office a call rather this morning at 651 699-3438 to set up an appointment. You know, I wanted to share some information about Patty. So let me tell you a little bit about Patty. She is um, Cassie Wienis, who is a colleague of ours, has a cousin, Patty, in North Dakota, who really was struggling with digestive issues. She was having a Mm -hmm. lot of reflux. Um, you know, she did end up getting her gallbladder removed. That's mm-hmm. what her physician recommended. It was kind mm-hmm. of the only option that she was given. Looking back, she stated in a conversation, she kind of wishes she didn't have her gallbladder removed. Right. She wished she would have known about our company and maybe tried some other things first. But she was really miserable uh, post-surgery and shared that with Cassie. And Cassie just su- Suggested, you know, make an appointment with Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Mm-hmm. So she did. She made an appointment with Dar. Yeah, and one of one of the favorite things with um, speaking with Patty is, you know, she said she thought she was eating pretty healthy. You know, according to her physician and some other weight loss programs, she wasn't consuming saturated fat. And really, there were days where she was eating no fat at all. She was said she, was she thought that was really a good well. day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And so looking back, she's like, well, if I'm not able to digest fats without a gallbladder, why is she still still so miserable? Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't eating butter. She hadn't even heard of coconut oil, avocados or olives. You know, really what she was consuming and what was really recommended for her was canola oil, margarine, and really... She wasn't feeling that great. Mm-hmm. So that's right. That's when she, you know, after she made the appointment, I think it was a phone appointment, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, with Dar. Um, she says she got on track, mm-hmm. eliminated processed carbohydrates. We'll talk more about what that mm-hmm. means, but it's, you know, pasta, crackers, bagels, things like that, cereal. She increased her protein. She really increased that good, healthy fat. She yeah. says she was eating one to two tablespoons each time she had a snack or a meal, mm-hmm. she increased her vegetable intake. So she was eating two to three cups three times a day. Sounds like just like what we 
teach in our nutrition for weight loss class. Exactly. Exactly. And so once, and Patty said, once she got on track with the nutritional weight and wellness, relief came within just a few weeks. And she said she remembers feeling better within a few days. I have found um, more difficult foods to digest are the, actually the starchy vegetables. So she does limit those. And she took digestive digestive um, enzyme, so which is mm-hmm. a digestive enzyme with meals. She also took bifido powder and L-glutamine. Um, she also attended the Nutritional Weight and Wellness Weekend Series mm. a couple times. So um, I have loved working with Patty. Um, I've worked with Patty and her son as well. I know Patty sees Dar as a nutritionist, but I've talked to her to meet, to meet with her regarding her son. But she's also referred many people to this company because she feels mm-hmm. so much better. So hello, Patty. <laughs> Hi, Patty. If you're listening, thank you so much for having us share your testimonial. Your I hope it helps other people. Um, before break, we were talking about pizza and foods with bad fats that trigger a lot of issues, especially post-gallbladder mm-hmm. removal. Um, I think it would be helpful for our listeners if we went over the different kinds of fats. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if you have had your gallbladder taken out, we definitely don't want you to go on a low-fat or a fat-free diet. That is not the answer. That's right. But not all fats are the same, and some fats are healthy, much easier to digest than others. Joanne, can, would you mind summarizing the different kinds of fats for us? Sure. So to sum up the fats that are going to be harder to break down and digest, they are the bad fats found in fried foods and fast food. Those things, um, canola oil we mentioned, um, vegetable oil, They're the fats found in your favorite crunchy, salty snack, the chips or crackers. Mm -hmm. They're also the fats that are found in those baked goods in your office break room, like muffins, cake, brownies. I always call those the foods with no label. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but fats in those dairy products are going to be harder to digest. So cheese, milk, ice cream, yogurt, and even cottage cheese. And I actually have a problem digesting some of those dairy products, so I can only imagine how much worse mm-hmm. that would be without the help of my gallbladder. Exactly. Same yeah. with me. I'm in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the good news. There are plenty <clears throat> of healthy fats that are easy to digest after gallbladder surgery. You heard me right. You don't have to go on a low-fat diet. So that's wonderful news. Small amounts of the right kind of fats uh, are going to be an important part of the foods that you're eating. So you can still eat butter and full-fat mayonnaise. A cold-pressed mayonnaise, um, such as the brand Hain or Spectrum, would be a better option than regular mayonnaise made from soybean oil. Yeah, and some other fats that are easy to digest are avocados and guacamole. One of my personal favorites, olives and Mm -hmm. olive oil. Even those nuts and nut butters should be pretty easy to digest. So you can get almond butter, you can get pecans, walnuts, pistachios, and even macadamia nuts. But sometimes peanuts and peanut butter can be harder to digest. So switching from a peanut butter to an almond butter might be a good option Mm -hmm. for someone. I actually like to use something called sunflower seed butter. It's typically labeled... Um, sun butter, and there's the organic or natural sun butter at grocery Mm -hmm. stores. And sunflower and pumpkin seeds also would be a good choice for healthy fat. That's right. And the biggest thing about nuts and seeds is that you want to check and see if they're roasted in an oil. Quite often it might be cottonseed oil Mm -hmm. that they're roasted in. Those 
that's a damaged fat as well. So that causes the nut to be damaged. They can cause diarrhea and other digestive problems. And so we are always looking for raw or just plain dry roasted Yeah, nuts. or Joanne, one of the other things that we talk about when we're teaching in classes or working with clients is the most important things to look at on the nutrition label for those nut butters. We're just looking for the nut or the seed in the case of the sunflower seeds right. and salt. Yeah, perfect. We don't want any added sugar really clean. or any oils, Yep, That's anything right. like that. So here's my favorite type of healthy fat for someone missing a gallbladder. Any kind of coconut products. So there's a lot of research showing that coconut oil is the easiest fat to digest Mm -hmm. and break down after gallbladder surgery. Coconut oil, that's one of my favorites as well. It's something called a medium chain fat. It just means that the digestion is different from other fats and oils. So it doesn't require bile to be broken down and absorbed. If you have not tried coconut oil yet, it would be a great oil to add in. I like to cook with it. It's very stable. So you can actually heat it a little bit higher than butter and definitely higher than olive oil. Right. Great for roasting vegetables. Yes. Very good for that. Exactly. I also cook my eggs in coconut oil. I use it for stir frying and sauteing vegetables on the stovetop. Another way to incorporate coconut is with full fat canned coconut milk. Thai Kitchen is a great brand and typically found in the Asian section. I always tell clients to maybe look on the bottom shelf for it. Um, You can add it into a smoothie. Check out our smoothie recipe online at weightandwellness.com. And for any of you people out there who think that you have an issue digesting dairy, I would recommend making that non-dairy version Mm -hmm. of our protein shake on our website. It doesn't have any yogurt. And the recipe will actually give you substitutions, which is canned coconut milk and some water. It's delicious. Very easy to digest. Yeah, it's very good. So it's time for break again. And you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. February is National Heart Disease Prevention Month. So are you thinking about ways to keep your heart healthy now that you're taking a cholesterol-lowering medication? We actually recommend taking CoQ10, Coenzyme Q10 for anyone on a cholesterol-lowering medication. The Nutri-Key brand of CoQ10 is 15% off this month in our offices. CoQ10 is one of the main nutrients for the heart. We may recommend CoQ10 for helping to lower blood pressure, maybe to help stabilize heart rhythm. Many clients experience less muscle cramps and muscle weaknesses when they start including this powerful antioxidant Found in foods like sardines, grass-fed beef, wild-caught salmon. You can find more information about CoQ10 at weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Are you experiencing knee pain or maybe back spasms? We recommend taking a one-night class. It's called Foods to Reduce Pain and Inflammation. It is such a popular topic that we're offering it in two Twin Cities locations this month. In Woodbury at the East Ridge High School, Thursday, February 16th, and in Bloomington at Kennedy High School, Tuesday, February 21st. So you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com. Just click on classes to sign up. Now, who watched the Super Bowl? Anybody out there probably watched the Super Bowl? (laughs) I'm guessing. Yes, it was amazing. If so, did you notice the two big superstars? So the ones I'm talking about are Tom Brady, New England Patriots quarterback, 
and Lady Gaga, iconic singer. These talented individuals, I don't know if people know this or not, but they take their eating very, very seriously. Yeah, Mm Car, I think there was quite a bit of information about Tom Brady. Did you know he actually, he doesn't eat any gluten, his diet is dairy-free, and he doesn't eat any sugar. So you could really tell that his brain was so in charge. He was very determined. And he even takes it one step further and tries to eat those grass-fed meats that we talk about. And most of his carbohydrates are organic vegetables. And no surprise, the main healthy fat that he consumes? Coconut Coconut oil. Yes. (laughs) He also stays away from caffeine. So he has lots of natural energy. (laughs) He must. That's right. So most of you probably saw Lady Gaga as well, and she also has a clean diet. So she eats some protein, um, a lot of vegetables, and good healthy fats. She eats five times a day, just like our nutritional weight and wellness program recommends. She avoids bread and sugar, and you can see the results with her talent, her creative brain, and her healthy body. So it's so refreshing and encouraging to see celebrities who take their health as seriously as their careers. I agree. I mean, good for them that they're that knowledgeable about what's going into their bodies. Yep. So you might be listening to our show and still wondering to yourself, I had my gallbladder removed and I'm still confused about what to eat. So maybe your your doctor or someone you know told you you had to stop eating fats such as butter or meat or eggs or all fat. Or maybe they said it doesn't matter what you eat with no gallbladder. You can eat anything. I think a lot of times people go into those appointments and get very little nutrition information. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. (laughs) And no wonder people are confused. Well, we're going to put together some meal ideas for you. That's right. We always hear that people want more examples. That's what they always say. Give me more practical ideas. (laughs) So let's get started. Shelby, could you give the first example? Absolutely. So we're definitely here to give you some good examples. So if you're listening this morning and you've had your gallbladder removed, how would you feel about starting your day with eggs? Maybe cooked in coconut oil or butter, those easy-to-digest fats. Maybe some nitrate-free bacon or sausage. That's To be quite honest, there are so many people that come in and are so excited that I say, you can eat high-quality bacon. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. And then, of course, you know, we want some vegetables. So maybe some sautéed vegetables like spinach, um, maybe some potatoes, some sweet potatoes or some hash browns cooked in butter. Sounds like a really great start to your morning. (laughs) That's a really good breakfast. People Mm -hmm. usually save those breakfasts for the weekends, but now now we can eat them every day. (laughs) A lunch option might be a bowl of chicken and wild rice soup. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. But we don't want it to be a cream-based soup, though, because that would be a little harder to digest. Then with the chicken and wild rice soup, have some cut-up raw vegetables on the side, dipped in guacamole or hummus. Mm -hmm. It's a great for, option. For a mid-afternoon snack, you know, you listeners could be eating a couple of slices of nitrate-free deli meat, maybe some turkey or ham, piece of fruit, and some raw nuts. Yeah, absolutely. And people without a gallbladder may be surprised to hear that what they can eat for dinner. So you can have a hamburger, or we had steak last night. That was really <laughs> they good. They could have steak, too. Yes, <laughs> definitely have steak. So contrary to what you may have been told in the past, it's not the burger that's causing those digestive complaints. But, you know, it could be the 
bun, if that's one of those processed carbohydrates, it could be that cheese. Remember, we talked about those dairy fats mm-hmm. are a little bit harder to digest. Right. So, you know, if I eat a burger, I'll I'll eat it with a knife and a fork and have some tomato, some lettuce, something on the side, maybe like our sweet potato wedges with some butter. And last night we had roasted asparagus. And they could have that too, roasted Absolutely. in coconut that's... oil or, yeah. Absolutely. I bet listeners would also be shocked to hear that they just they don't have to be eating low fat foods to avoid things like diarrhea. That's right. And you might be wondering, well much how much fat can I eat? And maybe people are thinking I've experimented with some fat and it didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. But so Kart, why don't you talk about how much fat? Sure, I'd love to. So You know, I have a client, I'm going to use a client example Mm -hmm. of she had her gallbladder removed and she actually gave me some great feedback on the quantity of fat that was appropriate for her. She was eating extremely healthy, choosing all the right healthy kinds of fats and avoiding all the bad ones, but she was still having some diarrhea. So what we figured out is that she was eating more fat, even though it was healthy, it was more than her system could handle. So she figured out that she could eat about 10, maybe 12 grams of fat Mm -hmm. at one sitting, like at a meal. If she had more than that, like 15 or 20 grams, she would be running to the bathroom. Wow. So Yeah, Cara, that's great advice for our listeners. So some people can tolerate a little bit more fat than others. It's going to be different for each person. So if you guys want to know a little bit more direction on what 10 grams of healthy fat looks like, It would be two teaspoons of butter, two teaspoons of olive oil, or two teaspoons of that really delicious coconut oil you were talking about. Right. And also, a couple more examples. 10 grams of fat is about a half an avocado. So that's a pretty good size Mm -hmm. serving. Mm -hmm. Two tablespoons of almond butter, six to ten olives, or a tablespoon of mayonnaise. So those foods are are. Of course, we're talking about the high-quality mayonnaise, like the safflower mayonnaise. But foods you might not have realized you could eat with no gallbladder. You know, there is a biochemical reason that after a gallbladder surgery, it's just more difficult to digest and break down fat. And it has to do with something called bile. So I'll just explain briefly what happens when you do have a gallbladder. Your liver produces bile, bile acids, The bile acids flow into the gallbladder. That's where they're stored until they're needed. And that bile works to break down fat into tiny droplets so it's easy to absorb and digest. So that bile sounds like a pretty important ingredient. I read that eating fat and not having enough bile is like trying to wash greasy dishes without soap. Oh. Kind of a good visual yeah, in my brain. Sure that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the fat just doesn't get broken down then. It's a good way to look at it. You know, when you have a gallbladder and eat fat, so let's just say that half of an avocado, your body senses that there's fat in the small intestines. Then there's a signal for the gallbladder to release the stored bile into the intestinal tract. That's where the bile works to break down the fat so it can be absorbed. That's where we get to utilize all the great fatty acids from that avocado. That's right. Yeah, so once the gallbladder is removed, we don't have that storage unit for the bile. So instead, the liver sends a constant trickle of that bile right into the intestinal tract. So this is where 
problems can arise because when people eat fat, they're missing that big burst of bile that they would normally get from their gallbladder. So that constant small trickle of bile from the liver is, you know, it's sometimes not enough to break down the fat in the intestinal tract. That's right. And it's that shortage of bile that causes people to have diarrhea, some pain, some bloating, some nausea, and indigestion after eating. And it looks like it's time for another break. Yeah. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. So have you been listening to our show the past 11 years and starting to think that real food is the answer to your weight loss goal? Maybe you live outside of Minnesota and are looking for real solutions for a better metabolism. Our online Nutrition for Weight Loss program is the new science of weight loss. You get access to 12 weeks of classes and two one-hour appointments with a nutritionist. You can come into one of our seven locations, or we can connect by phone or Skype. So call our office at 651-699-3438 to sign up right away, or go on our website at weightandwellness.com to learn more. I'm a dude, a guy. I've got hair everywhere. I don't diet or nibble, and I never say things like, can I get the vinaigrette on the side? My buddies would punch me, right in my very large gut, which is unsightly but doesn't bother me as much as my high cholesterol. So what does a man like me do in a case like this? I say, fine, when my wife makes an appointment with a nutritionist, even though I'm sure they're going to make me eat like a ballerina. But to my surprise, my counselor at Nutritional Weight and Wellness has me eating more like a caveman. Meat, vegetables, butter. Ha! Oh, I can honk down anything with butter. Like a giant pile of broccoli with my grass-fed steak or sautéed spinach with baked chicken. Skin on. Real cream in my coffee and real shock on my doc's face when he sees my cholesterol is back to normal. I'm so happy I could do a pirouette. But I won't. Learn the truth about food at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Book a nutrition counseling appointment today. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Are you still experiencing hot flashes, mood swings, and weight gain? Or maybe you're just starting to. Maybe you want help with sleep, osteoporosis, or other menopausal symptoms. I encourage you to join Dar, Chris, and myself in two weeks Saturday, February 25th, for our Menopause Survival Seminar. This is a full-day seminar. It's always a great day. Yeah, it really is. Lots of socializing (laughs) among the the clients. Um, We have an organic lunch and snacks. It's a great way to get some questions answered and spend the day maybe with your sister, with one of your friends or one of your neighbors and get all these topics answered. And, you know, these are things that a lot of people are talking about, but maybe don't have a lot of answers. Seats are filling up fast. This class is always full. So call our office today at 651-699-3438. So before we went to break, we had a caller. um, And so I'm going to take the call now. Tim, you are calling about gravy. Did you have questions? Yes, I do have a question. I was just wondering when making gravy, is it necessary to use a fat separator? 
I have never used a fat separator, actually. But one of the things we were thinking about, you know, in, in talking about this this um, question is that what, what if you're going to if you're going to keep the fat that in the gravy that you're making, we want, we would encourage you to be using a high quality meat such as a grass fed meat or a pasture raised meat. We're going to be talking a little bit later in the script about um, the grass fed meats that are free from hormones and an- antibiotics. So you'd yeah. want to make sure you get the fat off and separate <clears throat> that if you are using that quality of meat. Um, if, if you're using a conventional meat, but if you're using a high-quality meat, go ahead and leave it in there. Well, uh, we get chickens from the co-op okay. or, or mm. pork chops from the co-op. Okay. That's wonderful. That's great. And that, I would call that a higher-quality higher meat. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's probably pasture-raised or grass-fed or organic, so you can go ahead and mm-hmm. use that fat. Okay. Not a problem. Good great. question. Thank you great for, for asking. Thank you. Okay, so... Kind of just backtracking, we we were talking about bile and the purpose of that, and that you know our we just don't have that storage of the bile that is going to help break down and digest our fats mm-hmm. after the gallbladder is removed. So, That's right. and on that note, when I hear that my clients and literally every single client I've had without a gallbladder <laughs> says this that their doctor told them their gallbladder is not a necessary organ, I just kind of wonder why are people saying this. It does have a purpose. And I mean, it's great if you had your gallbladder removed and don't have issues, but mm-hmm. a lot of people do have issues. So. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're yeah. like many people who are struggling with diarrhea and other issues, you might need to look at something called a digestive enzyme. And we talked a little bit um, when we were giving Patty's testimonials. She was saying she takes right. a digestive enzyme with her meals. And mm-hmm. those enzymes actually contain that bile substance that helps break down fat so it can mm-hmm. be absorbed and digested. And not all digestive enzymes that are sold are going to be the same. There's one in particular that seems to be the most helpful for post-gallbladder surgery. It's mm-hmm. by orthomolecular. It's called orthodigestzyme. And many of my clients who have had their gallbladders removed say that taking this with meals has really helped them to get rid of their digestive issues. Right. That's a great supplement. And another supplement that we often use, we were talking about before the show, that helps anyone who's having digestive issues, is something we call something called bifido balance or bifido powder. I pretty much recommend this bifido bacteria for all of my clients who are having intestinal issues, one to two capsules before meals. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit more about bifido powder, but just to kind of solidify the point you two have been making, Mm -hmm. oftentimes when people come in and they're feeling gassy or bloated, one of the first places I'll look is a probiotic, like the bifido Mm -hmm. balance or the bifido powder. Mm -hmm. And then that digestive enzyme that can help break down those foods. Yeah. So it's really uncomfortable for a lot of people to be bloated after mm-hmm. meals. So about the bifido powder, it's actually really helpful for, you know, children or people who don't like to swallow pills. Mm-hmm. I recommend about a quarter of a teaspoon of that bifido powder before meals. It can work just as well as as the bifido balance capsule. We know that bifido bacteria is that good gut bacteria that supports digestion and overall health. Okay, so for everyone listening so far, what we have talked about today is that even though you don't have a gallbladder, 
you can still eat healthy fat and really should be eating healthy fat with every meal and every snack, every time you eat. But there is a little more to the picture as well. And in addition to the healthy fat. Right. And, you know, we've been talking today about several clients who've had their gallbladder removed. They've been told to eat low fat foods. And doesn't that just make everything worse? It does. You know, um, Kind of back to the my client who uh-huh. was running to the bathroom. She had right. a little bit of excess healthy fat in her diet. Um, when she had initially followed a low-fat diet after the surgery, she was following that advice from her physician and terrible diarrhea all day long. Um, mm. Bloating, pain, diarrhea, especially after eating. So we know what a low-fat diet looks like, right, mm-hmm. Shelby? <laughs> What's it? What does a low-fat diet consist of, though? You've probably heard me say this a time or two, Cara, but when I'm working with people, I, I say, you know what, if we take that fat out, that low-fat diet, you know, we're removing fat. Oftentimes, people are eating lower amounts of protein because we know that there is some fat in those grass-fed steaks or... Or eggs. Maybe mm -hmm. they've been told to eat low-fat, so they're avoiding eggs. Absolutely. mm -hmm. So if we have low-fat and low-protein, what's the third thing that we're eating a lot of? That's right. It's going to be high carbohydrates, right? And when we have too many carbohydrates, we think of sugar. Yeah, because those high carbohydrates are turning into a lot of sugar. Yeah, those processed carbs, especially... And as nutritionists, we see the effects all the time from eating too much sugar. But with no gallbladder, that birthday cake at your grandchild's birthday party is much more likely to cause you some issues. And if it's not birthday cake, it might be candy that you have in your bottom desk drawer. Or maybe you're going to the vending machine to get that Coca-Cola to keep you awake for your afternoon meeting. Whatever type of sugar you're having... Sugar is going to cause a lot of problems, especially with no gallbladder. Yeah. And Cara, I think of some of those coffee drinks, like a Frappuccino with that caffeine, that sugar and that milk, all three things that are going to be hard to break down. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And we would talk a lot about the dairy. So, And That's I hear right. that from clients, too, that coffee drinks and soda, they're going right through them. So it's, it could be a combination, really. The caffeine is is going to be more problematic after having gallbladder removed. And so is sugar and soda. And alcohol, too, you know, could cause the same issue, especially an alcoholic drink with a lot of sugar in it. So the sugar and the high fructose corn syrup, to me, sounds like the common denominator of all these processed sugary foods you're talking about. Those are big culprits post-surgery. And I haven't met anyone without a gallbladder who can handle desserts without diarrhea. So I'm working right now with someone who's had his gallbladder removed, finally feeling great against, again, once he stopped eating dairy, sugar, and gluten, and of course, no bad fats. Yes. I mean, there seems to be different levels of tolerance to foods after surgery. Some really need to stop eating grains altogether in order to feel good. They might have to focus on a really clean diet of Protein, healthy fats, vegetables, and even more limited fruits. So we're talking like no rice, no quinoa, not even the gluten-free grains. So it really just depends on the person. And we encourage you to make an appointment if you're trying to get this figured out and it feels overwhelming. Um, But, you know, our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple but very powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. And we just want to leave you with three main points from our show today. 
We want to dispel the myth that you can no longer eat fat after you've had your gallbladder removed. And the good news is you can eat real healthy fats like butter, coconut milk, olive oil, avocados, and almond butter. And don't eat those processed foods. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.